0: Man, freaked out! You're listening to the Brenton on Tour podcast. That's right. He travels the world running concerts and searches for the best coffee, people, and amazing stories so you don't have to. Pay attention, you're going to learn something for a change. This is a show about all of those things and much, much more. You're blowing my mind right now. This is, I hope someone's recording this. So settle in. Or a cup of amazing coffee. He's a coffee snob, by the way. Crank that ghetto blaster and enjoy the 150,000-ranked podcast in the land. Ah, fake laugh.
1: Hiding real pain.
0: I think that's an exaggeration. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast. Any questions? Here's BD. Friends, what's happening? Welcome back. It's the Brenton on Tour podcast for another week, continuing with the Sober on Tour series. I'm getting lots of feedback The touch. uh, So far, my inbox on this thing, and and I touched on it before, people don't make a lot of comments on the socials. They'll they'll make the occasional comment on the socials, but I get a lot in the inbox. Hey, I'm, I'm three months in, I'm 28 days in, I'm 30 days in just not really telling anybody yet so hey to each their own their own journey all the rest of it uh, good for you and um, you know everyone uh, that's listening to this and supporting everyone and the guests that are coming on I appreciate it because um, yeah we've been doing um, some really great feedback and thanks to my my guest Todd Kearns last week for coming on um, imagine touring with you know small town prairie boy and he, he's playing with the guitar player from Guns N' Roses. He was, the uh, the most famous drinker in the world yeah probably anyways it in, playing in a band where where you join that band and then he's sober you're like what slash is sober yeah it's a whole thing but uh good on todd for uh for maintaining that world and uh having you know got one of the best voices in the world and he's maintaining it through sobriety as well so good for him this week I got uh, two friends of mine that uh, do what I do. We, we travel the world and uh, run concerts uh, in various forms. And I wanted to touch a little bit about what's happening in, in our world from our perspective and what we see on a, on a, you know, regular basis out there and, and some of the, the different um, changes that we've been seeing in some of the, in the business. Uh, the two gentlemen that joined me today are sober as well. Um, and, uh, Yeah, just how we're doing it and how we're maintaining it. So I'm going to welcome to the show, Justin Fry. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. And Jamie Horton, gentlemen, welcome. Good to see you. Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. Now you guys are, I'm, I'm out, Justin, you're out, Jamie, you're just home. And, uh, and it's been a, a, an interesting one out there kind of noticing uh, as we get back on tour and, sort of seeing the changes in what we're going through, you know, post COVID and all the rest of it, it's definitely been an interesting kind of touring time to get back out there. It's, uh, it's got a new kind of tone vibe to it. I don't know. It's kind of weird. So first things first, how has tour been going? Uh, Jamie, let me start with you because you just got home from a tour, but how's, uh, how's the, how's the new touring going for you, man?
1: Well, it's yeah, it's completely different. I mean, you know, I came out with an act when we were still kind of hot. It just right on the coattails of COVID, um, and you know everything's changed. I mean, you know, from top to bottom, it's just COVID just brought in a whole nother aspect of, you know, things we have to worry about and work around and work and deal with and everything. And then it's 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 also been interesting to see you know how it's changing as we come out of it. But uh, but yeah, definitely a big impact, you know, with the testing, the bubbles, the, you know, uh, on your days off, you know, Hey, don't, don't go out to restaurants. Don't go out to public places. Don't, you know, so I think that, w- that was a big, that was a big change for a lot of people, you know, and then of course just the virus being out there and know. then you know, being on the road with it and, you know, worrying about getting sick on the road with it. So
0: it's, it's weird because we, uh, <clears throat> the, the touring that we, that we're used to, you know, band dinners and things like that. The, the bubble and, and the the bus, the separate buses, and everyone not really interacting. And and um, it's crucial. I mean, you got to keep the thing rolling. Yeah. But uh, it's it's such an odd thing to be out there now, and you're kind of you're on your own a lot more. Mm-hmm. Fine. Some people welcome that. We've all just come from a world where we're we've been alone for two years. But yeah. it's just an interesting, you know, lots of hotel time, lots of um, just being by yourself and, and all the rest of it. Justin, what are you seeing out there?
2: <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely an interesting time. Uh, I also got back out to work um, in the uh, back half of last year. And it uh, seems like so far, you know, it's 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 different in different places that you go. And it's been interesting to kind of see, um, you know, what, what areas, what venues um, are, are sort of more stringent about things and then how, how we adapt and deal with that. But Um, You know, I definitely agree with you about um, this moment being uh, an opportunity for us to sort of look inward because there is more sort of forced alone time. And uh, that's why, you know, I was excited to join you today. I'm really appreciative that you're doing this kind of thing because the the attention to mental health, um, especially in our industry, especially in these times, um, I just think is really important. Um, So I, I applaud you for that. I'm happy to be here and talk about it. It's cool.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because um, mental health was, is a thing in this business that um, we we can just add, we can add the layers to it. You know, we're out, we're away from family. It's, it's seven months away here. It's eight months away. It's, it's, it's in and out. Then you get home and then you got to unwind and then you got to get back to it and go back out. So that's always been a thing. But then people go home and then COVID hits and now you're at home for two years and some people needed that break. I mean, I think we can, our business has not really had a break like this maybe ever. Like September 11th, there was what, two weeks for something like that. But there hasn't been this break of two years, um, which gave everyone a chance to kind of slow down, but also reflect, as you said, Justin, like, and, and talking on that, that kind of um, that world to kind of look at where you're at mentally um all the rest of it and uh, that worked for some not for others um you know we've lost some people in our business and uh, and it's it's tough and I think our business needs a, a, you know a pretty decent look at uh, well a really good look at mental health and how we're maintaining so these con- conversations are, Happening kind of internally on the bus and and some other little things, but um, I rarely get a chance to, to talk to a whole bunch of people about what they're seeing and then little things that we can do to try to maintain being on, you know, uh, keeping our mental health and all the rest of it. So um, I guess the big thing that, um, you know, we're gathered here to talk about being sober on tour, but um, I want to start with um, a question here, sort of like... Um, what kind of changes are we seeing on tour when it comes to sobriety? We can get into like our, our individual kind of journeys for a minute, but I have really noticed at least since I've been back out and towards the end of the last run before COVID, the real push on being fit, being active, uh, mental checks, mental health, all the rest of it, really in the last four, three to four years. And then on this run and since COVID's hit, I'm really seeing these kind of check-in, Kind of moments out there. So, my question to you guys is sort of what kind of changes are you seeing on tour when it comes to sobriety, but also to mental health and and being fit and and being out there. Um, let's go, um, Justin. You're still out there right now, so let's let's have a have a get your thoughts on this.
2: Sure. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is um, that people are more open to talk about it. Um, people are. Uh, at least, at least some of the people that, that I've been touring with recently as opposed to the past, um, uh, don't necessarily have a stigma attached to it and understand the value of, um, uh, sort of operating at peak performance. And to do that, you know, they really, um, from, from artists to crew members, to individuals involved at different aspects of the production at a venue. Um, you know, we work long hours, we have, um, demanding schedules. We travel, uh, we have long days there's certain stresses that come up, um, you know, in, in every form uh, on any given day throughout the, the production into the show. And, um, I'm appreciative that, that people are having the conversation and are talking about it and don't seem as, uh, shy or hesitant to engage in that kind of conversation. Uh, maybe just even as a few years ago, uh, for me, when I first got, uh, first got started doing this work. So, um, I love that people are open to talk about it, and um, you know, at least with the with the artists that I've worked with, um, I'm, you know, I'm not seeing any trash dressing rooms that we have to deal with after the fact and, and handle how we settle that bill and That's um that process. I mean, there's there, there you know, people will um, do whatever they feel like doing after the show to kind of relax, but rarely is it anything more than just um, just cleaning up you know, some beer bottles or, or things like that in the, in the dressing rooms. And, um, you know, certainly I know, um, even well before my time touring that, uh, there was a lot of stories about hotels getting trashed and dressing rooms getting trashed and, uh, big bills associated for that and, and cleaning all that up, cleaning that mess up. Um, you know, and it goes the same on the buses too. I mean, the, every, every vibe that I've seen so far in the buses is pretty low key. And, um, you know, I, I think that's great.
0: Jamie, you've done, uh, You've been on some big stuff, and and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the, you know, the, there's traveling gym and traveling fitness and traveling all the rest of it. That was kind of there before COVID, and you can yeah. join if you want to. But, but um, man, I, I, I just artists are getting in on it now. Um, everyone just seems to be banding together. So, um yeah, yeah what do you seeing there, Jamie?
1: Well, it's just you know, it's just like Justin said what i what i told people when i came out of it was mentally for me i felt like an empty truck driving down the road bouncing down the road because i didn't have the mental weight of doing shows the mental weight of getting 100 emails we we all bitch about that but when it's gone you're like what the hell um so i really noticed that I didn't have that mental weight, and I'm bouncing down the road. And I said, "Well, when I have it, it levels me out, and I and I roll smooth." Um, and I think a lot. I've told I've told a few people that, and they go, "Yeah, man, that's it." Um, and then coming back, I think that time that they all had to, you know, sit around and not have that mental weight. Everybody, you know, said, "Yeah, man, I got in shape." I, I've seen people come back; they've lost weight, they're healthy, they're working out. Just like Justin said, you know, you're seeing more and more, you know, concern with what kind of healthy options do we have on catering and things like that. And everybody's, you know, the juice bar is always busy. So everybody's, you know, taking care of themselves. I think in that break, you know, again, we just, we had time to really just look at it and mental health, huge. Like you know, like Justin said, people are talking about it. I actually was gifted on one of my last tours, you know, like a journal book um, that a a friend of mine gave me that, you know, you could write in, it started a phrase like, you know, today, this, that, and the other thing, and you fill it in. And she showed me hers that she'd been doing, um, you know, and, you know, pre COVID you just, we were all just going a million miles an hour and you just didn't look at things like that. So, you know, yeah. Fitness is there. Mental health is there, and it's being talked about, you know, because it was hard on yeah. a lot of people. It, it was, it's definitely being talked about now. I think people are more open. It was
0: pretty, and it's pretty. There's a lot of stigma to it, and I touched it on the opening episode about the stigma surrounding. Uh, before, oh, you're one of those. You're you're one of those you know, taking care of yourself, and and people got offended. Some people get offended on TV watching guys work out. It's like, oh, look at them working out. They're better yeah. than us. Whatever now it's, it's, I mean, everyone, you know, a lot of people are like, what are we doing? How is the gym? You know, the, wherever you're staying on a, on a drive day between Texas and, or, you know, between uh, Dallas and El Paso has to be that, you know, it has to be better than a day's in. So, so 10 people can fit into the gym and and get it done. And it, and it, and people get pissed about it. It's like, it used to be like, they got to have a great bar with, you know, with great prices and all the rest of it. Now it's, wow, the gym is shit. Now we're screwed. You know, you know, it's funny how it just changes It changes like that, but uh, it's really like a a massive push on now for, 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 uh, for us to be well. And I think that's great. And I think, you know, there's a lot of companies out there helping and a lot of programs like better help and things like that, where people can tap into um, anonymously. And also amongst each other, Justin, you were talking about people talking about it. I've never heard more discussion on tour than now just general discussion, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not I'm not having a great day or something. And it's like, great. What are we, what are we doing? All right, let's go for coffee. Let's go for a walk. And everyone's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's what I need. It's great. It's really awesome to see. So um, now in keeping with that, I don't know about you guys, I consider going on tour, like getting ready for a prize fight. So I have to like, you know, get into the gym, my, my six weeks in, you know, I kind of look at it as six weeks out from a, from a tour gotta, gotta do it. You know, gotta gotta be in as best shape as I can be mentally and all the rest of it to get ready to go on tour. Because, you know, as well as I do, we're not getting as much sleep. We're not in the gym as much. And by the time you get down to what I'm in, where I've got about four days left on tour, these last two weeks have been, or last week and a half have been a little bit sluggish to just try to maintain that final thing. So what do you guys do? Uh, part one is, um, what do you guys personally do to get ready for a tour? you know, mentally, physically and all the rest of it. And there's two different things here because um, we'll get into the stories here about each individual, you know, what, we, what we're going through. But we, you and, you know, Justin and Jamie, you have, there's two different approaches that we have to sobriety and three different approaches that we have to sobriety here that we're trying to maintain. So um, do you get into your head going into a tour? Are you, you know, where, where are you at going into a tour to properly prep you? to get ready for that. Um, Justin, I want to start with you on this.
2: Uh, it's a great question. And um, something that more and more I'm paying attention to, uh, which I think is is important for me because yeah, be, being on tour is very demanding, doing what we do, uh, having a lot of responsibility, wearing many hats, requires a certain level of being present that um, really um, demands my full capacity. Um, and for that, I'm grateful. I mean, this is one of my, um, you know, I'm, I'm, grateful to be in this line of work because it is, it teaches me how to operate at, uh, a, a fuller capacity than I ever did previously in my life. Um, and other, other jobs and things that I've done, um, when I was, uh, you know, had problems with substance abuse and problems with alcohol and drugs. Um, so for me, the prep, uh, is, is mental is physical and is spiritual. So as long as I can nurture those things and pay extra attention to them in advance of a tour and kind of set myself up, like you said, training for a prize fight, um, the experience of being on tour um, kind of carries itself and I'm able to be um, you know, as close as I can, try to be a, a, a best version of myself to, to do the best work that I can for, for these artists and for mm-hmm. the companies that we work with. Um, Uh, personally, I work a 12 step program. Um, and, uh, I very much believe in moving my body. Um, physical sweat is a way for me to relieve stress and, um, to kind of maintain discipline and develop a routine, which is helpful for me, especially in advance of a tour, because you know, not every day, can we get to a gym not every day, um, can I find uh, an outlet for my support groups and, um, You know, the other thing is to for me is that I recognize in advance of a tour that I do feel a certain level of anxiety or fear, perhaps, um, because you never know, you know, what the new challenges are going to be and and the new personalities and all the different types of people that we, uh, you know, inevitably work with and uh, engage with and are responsible for. So I recognize now um, a lot quicker and a lot better than I used to um, when that anxiety usually for me is about the about as close to a week before I leave. Um, But, you know, I, I, I quickly tried to change my perspective and realize that, uh, you know, all I need to do is be myself and I have confidence in myself and and, and confidence in what I do and um, working with different types of personalities uh, is something that was challenging to me before, but with experience, you know, I've learned, um, uh, I think, how to, how to deal with that and for me again, it's about a focus on being present, being in the moment with these people, and um, learning how to, learning how to solve problems, which is, which is what we do.
0: It's a great answer, and it changes every single time. People think that we just do the same thing every day, and every day there's something new. So that's what makes it for me that that's a very exciting part of it. Uh, Jamie, your story is is uh is an interesting one from the standpoint of you've never drank and you've decided to cut that out of your life right from from the get-go and uh i, I want to dive into that in a minute but your prep for tour uh you're not faced with potentially the same like like where i had quit and i've removed alcohol justin's done that's kind of the same remove that you're in a we all go through the same band dinners where someone's like well how come you're not having wine or how come you're not having beer you have to tell a different story every time where I'm like, I'm just off it. It's over. It doesn't work for me anymore. It never worked for you. And you have to tell that story every single time, which can be just as exhausting as the story that Justin and I have to tell. So uh, how do you prep never having drank and and gone down this road? How do you prep for a tour for all that shit that's going to come at you on that side?
1: Well, Um, You know, I tell everyone the same thing. I get myself into a a state of nervousness. Uh, Every show I'm nervous about. um, And I've always felt that the minute I'm not nervous and I go about this saying "Ah, I have nothing to worry about is when I'm going to fail. So I put myself mentally in a state of nervousness about the upcoming tour. And it's dynamic, like you said. So and, you know though I never drank, it's just under my skin. So I do have to prepare myself mentally, uh, for those dinners, those occasions, you know, where somebody, you know, buys a three, $400 bottle of wine or a very expensive bottle of, uh, spirits. And you don't want to offend them by not partaking in that. And I have to without going into my whole past and the reasons why I do it. Um, you know, so I have to prepare myself how to explain that in, in a light way that's, that's easy for everyone to accept where it doesn't get uncomfortable, uh, with everyone, because I certainly, you know, it's never with me. I look down on anyone that does anything or anything like that. Um, you know, so I have to prepare myself for that mentally. Um, going out. And, uh, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on it. It just, it kind of comes naturally to me. Hmm. Um, You know, uh, growing up and everything, I was the cool guy that threw the parties and everything. And it just came to a point where I was like, no, that's Jamie. He doesn't drink, but he's still cool. And, uh, and I
0: like, isn't that funny, that line you just used?
1: Yeah. Because you're
0: not cool if you don't drink. Like it's, it's just that stigma. So that's exactly, that's a funny line.
1: Exactly. So, you know, so that's there and I like to think that that carried through with when I'm in those social uh, situations, um, physically, um, to prepare myself for for the tours, sorry, barking. We're live, (laughs) Um, but physically to prepare myself for the tours, um, I I get into, uh, sleep patterns. So, you know, I'm not going to bed early. I'm, I'm doing the sleep patterns, um, you know, and trying to, you know drink a lot of water um work out a little bit you know when i can get your feet in shape you know things like that um and uh you know again the mental preparedness is is really the big part of it but the physical aspect of it too is there because it, it is it is exhausting and and also to prepare yourself how to still be focused on lack of sleep I mean that's a very real thing i just you know we've all seen the videos of what sleep deprivation does to you but you know we've all had the moments where you're just kind of staring and <laughs> you got to catch up um, buffering or whatever you know so uh,
0: I have coffee for that now
1: <laughs> I didn't for a long time so you know yeah yeah uh,
0: It's, you know, that stigma is really, really something because, um, and it could be detrimental to, to progress. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that um, for the same reason that we potentially struggle with, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not the, not fitting in. That's not what I'm, I'm looking for. But uh, that telling that story every time of why you don't drink or how come, because it's the only thing in the world where people ask you how come. When it comes to substance it's like they don't you know i don't do coke or i don't do that and they go no one ever says oh how come <laughs> usually it's it's drink it's alcohol where they go oh okay and it's a it can it can knock people off it can just knock people off uh, off their journey or if they are because it's just like i'm just tired of this shit, i'm just trying to but trying to answer into this or trying to explain stuff to people but um Hopefully, I'm hoping that um, through these kind of chats and more of it, that that stigma will go away. Um, how do you ma- how do you maintain that? Like, do that, Justin, do you, um, we get asked all the time, do you want to drink and say no, and then we got to explain the story. Do you ever get tired of explaining the story about why you're sober? Or do you just tell it, own it and be like, no, let's do it. You, you asked, here we go, you know.
2: I don't get tired of it. I find myself getting asked uh, less than I used to. And I think again, that goes back to the the breaking the walls of the stigma, and that maybe it's becoming a little bit more commonplace today, which is great. Mm. Um, maybe there's less of a um, some form of initial judgment attached to the question or the answer when, when approached. But uh, for me personally, I, I, I'm pretty open about uh, my experience in in recovery and uh, in in sobriety. Um, it's it's changed my life and um it's helped define you know the, the person that i am today and well uh, you know as you guys know i think a lot of our responsibility and role and a lot of our um you know a lot of the effort that we have to put in in our jobs is relationship building and i find one of the best ways to be successful in doing that at least for me in my own experience is 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 being honest and being vulnerable about my Experience. I mean, I don't go into all the details, that's not important, but when asked in a situation like at a bar or at dinner or, you know, with taking out um, some high profile um, artists or clients, um, you know, I, I don't have a problem um, addressing it honestly, but doing it in a way that tries to not, um, you know, project any, any vibe or judgment onto that person if, sure. if that's what you want to do. So to, to make them feel comfortable... Um, but also to be comfortable in being myself and in my own skin and being honest about it
0: um keeping in that theme and then we'll get into this side then when did you get sober and sort of what was that the the, the process surrounding surrounding that and mentally as to you know it was time it's uh, job related what 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 eventually got you there
2: I first got sober in 2015 um, and I did not have a choice. Um, I had sort of uh, run my life into the ground uh, with substance abuse and um, was living in a lot of fear and finally reached out for help. And um, my brother, uh, my older brother Jameson sort of helped kidnap me and put me on a plane to go back home to Cleveland where I grew up uh, to go to rehab. And um, that's sort of when my experience in in recovery started. Um, but at that point I was, um, trying to make it working at a high level, uh, music studio as an intern, as an assistant engineer, but struggling, um, with opiate addiction and, um, didn't really get the opportunities I was hoping for because I wasn't, um, really a, a functioning human being without any kind of substances in me at all times. So, um, it became pretty clear after uh, a couple of years of um, living in that cycle of having to wake up and put substances in my body and uh, do whatever I needed to, to be able to keep that up. Otherwise, um, you know, I, I would get sick and then my life sort of had to uh, come to a to my career, my work, my life had to come to a halt and it, it became obvious that I needed to address this issue. and thankfully uh, you know with the love and support of my family mm-hmm. uh, I was able to to do just that and then build um, a bigger community of people that I keep in touch with on a daily basis that um, you know one I relate to um, two I understand and three you know help cont- continue to teach me how, how to grow and how to be a human being um, in today's crazy world and in our crazy industry with, without you know needing to, to use any substances or, or, or drink any alcohol
0: Good for you, man, and uh, yeah. proud of you for that one and uh, recognizing that. Um, ironic that you had to reach out to somebody named Jameson to help you take it exactly. down to rehab.
2: Good I tell one. people that all the time. That was my favorite drink, Jameson. And, uh <laughs>
0: too. I'm a, I'm a Jameson guy. Yeah. I was on it a couple, a couple of weeks ago on a show that I did. I'm um, like, uh, you know, when you're, you're putting together your uh, drinking badges and your trophies that you have, you know, and having – the Jameson on speed dial would would have been my Stanley Cup, and uh, and I had them. And so when I showed up and was not drinking anymore, it was they were like, "Huh, here's a coffee cup, and you loser." Like it was just this, <laughs> it was whatever. But we got you know they're great people, they're wonderful, and and they've actually they send me stuff now that's sober stuff. Here's some golf stuff. Here's a shirt. Here's this, and they they actually. It's it's weird because this this is like a ten part series that I'm doing, but I could have it sponsored by Jameson, but just on the golf gear <laughs> and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, it's interesting. Jamie, you didn't uh, uh, okay. So the question of why did you get sober? I don't. Know, did you choose to stay to get sober, even though you'd never drank? So you choose to remain in sober life. So it, it's a bit of a different question to you, but it's also the yeah. same.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I got to give you a little background in my, you know, my upraising, both my parents, uh, you know, died from uh, substance and alcohol abuse. All my early childhood memories are house parties, drinking. I I tell people this and they think I'm kidding. I could tap a keg before I could ride a bike. Um, And so... I basically burned out on it before I started. It's it's. I tell you, it's almost like that chip's just been pulled out. I I, yeah. I I mean, I was just over it before I even started, and I think there's that aspect of it. And I don't. I'm you know that going back to when people ask why, I kind of give them that quick little response. But at the same time, you know, it, going through school statistically. With, uh, you know, my my father, heroin, my mother, cocaine, drugs, drinking, the whole gambit of it. So statistically and genetically, it's there. I can feel it in me. I have an addictive personality. I collect sneakers, Legos, all kinds. of And when I go, I I go. So I know it's there. It's just under my skin, you know. And one thing that always stuck out with me was, you know, in school, I had some teachers that literally told told me, you'll be locked up by the time you're 25. Just because... Growing up and dealing with that, I was focused more in survival mode than, you know, being a normal school kid and I wanted to prove them wrong and I did and I don't have a criminal record and, you know, I don't, I, I'm not, you know, I, I didn't get addicted I, and none of that. So, you know, that's, that's the big thing, but it's still, you know, it's still there right under my skin. I like to think of it as like there is an alcoholic just locked up right there i mean mm. and if i just opened that door boom and i jokingly actually when i get offered it i go no i don't drink and it's for everyone's safety <laughs> because it would be it would just be bad so right that's a good line It's yeah. a good line
0: yeah, yeah. and but family. you should add and yours
1: well yeah you want
0: to, everyone. <laughs> everyone, everyone it's the entire room
1: because it's like a gremlin or something, you know? <laughs> sure.
0: I know. But it's still fun. It's, you know, it, it's it's interesting that uh, people think, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, the whole shebang and what we do. And um, I don't know how anyone had time for that in the 80s, in the 70s, 80s, and even now. What like what like What the three of us do on a regular basis is it's, you know, this tour that I'm on right now is 24 on, 24 off. Um, which is almost harder than three in a row because you're maintaining that second day and then you're right back into it the day after. Um, it's just an interesting kind of divide. And I couldn't imagine, you know, not that I ever drank when I worked, but I'm just saying, just being moderately sluggish that a, at, at, you know, we call this thing chalk to walk in our business where you walk in when they're chalking the floor and you walk out when the last thing is in, in the air, you know, when they're pulling the rigging out of the air. And I couldn't imagine being sluggish given the responsibility level that we have now that we've always had. But, but just now it's like the world's back. We're touring again. And it's like, you guys are the ones running it. So, you know, there's not the pressure. Don't fuck up. But there's that, that sort of like, we want to do the best job that we can do. And uh yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, I want to be on top of my game. I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I, I'm I want to be there. I want to keep doing this for a very long time
2: you
0: know? Absolutely. Um, so that's, uh, so how, how do you guys maintaining, uh, how do you maintain it on tour then? So Jamie, in this regard, as you, as you say, you have an alcoholic brewing inside you that you don't want to let, let run free. So how are you, how do you curb that urge? How do you curb that monster inside you to not let them, you know, unleash them on rigging or something?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a very real thing with me. Um, I back home, I, um, I attend some AA meetings with a friend of mine it was very helpful for me. And it's very helpful for him and the group. And, and this falls right into what we're talking about. He has said to me, he goes, you know, you're an inspiration to me because you're out in doing rock and roll and you can still have a good time and you can still function and you can still be in these instances. And not drink. He's like, so that's a huge inspiration for me. That right there empowers me to keep to keep going. And on the flip side of that coin, I tell him, well, and you inspire me because and like Justin and and you, Brenton, because you guys doing this, if my parents would have done that, they might still be alive. So it's it's a very inspiring thing to me. It's very helpful. So uh, you know, I, 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 do some AA meetings with, with my friend when I'm home. And, um, and for me when I'm out on the road, because believe me, there are times where I'm like, I wonder what, you know, and, you know, God damn, this has been a lot of work. I, I, I <laughs> might be great right now. And I just have to, you know, you know, so I just drink, you know, drink my Coca-Cola's lots of music, music, uh, music and do what i'm listening to at any moment i mean i i'm i'm a playlist guy i have to have the right music at the right time like you know so that's 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 important to me so
0: well i want to get into playlists in a second but uh justin what do you how you maintaining out there bud
2: i want to get into that too because i i find myself uh i I, at least i think of myself as an elite playlist curator so we're have to gonna have to get into the test boys um uh, I, I, too, attend AA meetings and uh, try to, you know, one of, one of the great things about what's happened over the pandemic is, is Zoom, and so being able to, um, whether whether it's on an off day in person or whether I, I can find some time to log in and listen to a Zoom meeting, uh, that that's very important to me, and I try to maintain a, a routine of doing that um, as much as I can throughout the week on a week-to-week basis. Um, I'm not the best at it, and I don't really, you know, I I, I don't really know how to do it. Uh, but meditation is important, and uh, it's okay that I don't know how to do it. It's just that I that I make an effort. And really, what I mean when I say that is um, to try to find moments throughout our busy, crazy day um, to privately just breathe and just sort of stay calm. Um, and I've I've really found that to be helpful for me because again, dealing with different types of personalities and egos and then problems, and just the general, um, rise of, uh, the day leading up to a show for us. Um, what I tried to do at least, uh, is be a steady, calming influence on, on the day and, and on the team and on the production. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to kind of quiet myself um try to take a couple breaths here and there close my office door even for just a minute or 30 seconds sometimes is necessary sometimes i do it just to uh, to make sure that i can I, I can stay present and i can stay even keeled and like you said even sometimes i'm zoning out and i'm exhausted um but you know that's important to me and then when i can you know i, I try to move my body i try to work out on off days um I guess the last thing that I would add is is a creative expression, and, and maybe we'll get into that with uh, mm-hmm. playlist creation. Sure. But
1: or start a
0: podcast. Yeah. You know?
2: right. <laughs> That's yeah. how I had to do. That's how I had to do. You know, I, I I also make music and, and produce music in my free time, and um, you know I think the one thing that I've noticed in in sobriety is I I always thought I had to be high or on drugs in order to be creative in the past, and I've noticed. Mm-hmm recovery that, um, actually I've unlocked new doors and things that I didn't even realize about my creative expression and my create creativity in general, um, in my, in my sobriety. And I think that's pretty cool. So for me, that's sort of the, the mind part of it, you know, the mind, body, spirit are, are kind of things that I try to nurture, um, and, uh, and grow at different levels, you know, when I can, but sometimes timing it's, it's more of one than the other or none of them or some all together. those are the best days, but, um
0: that's funny that you bring that up um, because one of the things I wanted to talk about was what what surprises what surprised you the most about becoming sober and we there's a few things here it's like what's our definition of sobriety what you know everyone has their own version of it Uh, but what has surprised you the most about being an addict or being an alcoholic and removing that from your life and sort of what this has opened up Um, and then You know jamie to that point of like what um i can i'll I'll consider you because you put yourself into this spot where you said that there's an alcoholic inside you trying to come out so i i i i believe that you are this the the same as us and i don't mean that discrediting anything like that because you haven't drank what i'm saying is you're still battling the same Mm -hmm. things that we go through we're trying to do the things we want on a daily basis to just maintain you know things and um it gets easier over time. I'm, I'm three years and now I'm, I'm, I just, I recognize little tiny things now if, if something will creep in. So, but uh, to, to keep it light for a sec, what's your favorite part of the day? You touched about closing your door and all the rest of it. Do you guys have a favorite part of the day Uh. that you enjoy that like, for me, it's, 30 minutes before doors. No one's in the building. I'm sitting in a chair. The arena is empty. Take a look around. Everyone has done their job. All of us. And then I'm not talking about the people in the building. I'm talking about marketing, ticketing, buyers, everyone, everyone did their job to make that moment happen. And you sit there in complete silence knowing that there's going to be 15,000 people in that building losing their mind. That's my day. That's my part of the day. Um, and it's real clear to me that I appreciate that day more than anything now that I've got a really clear head overall, too. So what's your favorite part of the day, Jamie? Is he cut? Did he stop there? Can you hear me? Well,
1: up? it's similar to yours. I, I've always, what I've loved we do is, taking. Hey, am I still here?
0: Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. You're cutting a little bit, but we'll we'll get through it
1: okay okay so my my thing was uh when uh walking in and first thing in the morning then turning it into something and then taking it back to nothing again you know that's that's my big walk in in the morning and it's just an empty arena floor there's nothing there we're gonna build this show and everybody that comes to it they think it's taken a week to build that stage and they think that it's in a closet in the building somewhere. And you say, no, <laughs> we we came in this morning and we're going to be gone tonight. You're going to come see a hockey game here tomorrow. So that calm when you walk in in the morning and the, and the floor mark starts and there's nothing there, that's cool. And then I project to later <laughs> when you're going to climb into your bunk or whatever, and you've completed it. Yeah. And you, and, you know, and you're, you're kind of like, you know, looking, looking forward to that moment, but, and, you know, the doors thing that you mentioned too, that's, that's, that's another amazing one as well. Those those are, you know, my favorites as well. And, and a lot of times, even just when the first, you know, when the show starts Mm -hmm. that energy, man, sometimes for me, I get like, I get even like choked up sometimes where I'm like, man, this is so powerful. You know, like I've
0: never missed an intro to a show I've done ever. You know yeah.
1: I mean? I mean, you know, I'll never,
0: I'll never miss it. That's the, that's why we do it. The lights go out. That, What the hell are we doing if we can't have that moment? <laughs>
1: and, it, and it doesn't matter if the act that you're doing is something you don't like, I mean, or, or whatever, just that power, you mm-hmm. know, the audience feeding yeah. off the artist. It's that's, that's amazing. It's amazing.
0: Jo- Justin.
2: I, I'm no different than you guys we're obviously all similar here and, and uh, feel the same way i love to calm before the storm first thing in the morning the quiet the empty arena other than you know a conversion staff or uh, local house guys that uh, assist our, our crew on, on walk and chalk but um for me it's the moments right before a show start um it, it's the palpable energy um with with the bodies in the building and um you know i, I guess like you said too at the end of the night uh, Jamie, it's, it's the sense of fulfillment of, um, you know, of pulling off a successful show and, and, uh, everybody feeling, feeling happy, uh, and then on, on, to the next one. So sometimes right before I crawl into my bunk, um, you know, I, I do like to, to write in a journal and, and kind of reflect on, on how I feel in that moment and that gratitude, but also just sort of, uh, a, a little recap of sort of what the day was like and and sometimes you know usually in between tours when i'm home i get to open that up sometimes and look at it and, and relive the, the mm-hmm. memories of, uh maybe things i forgot just on the on the day-to-day um about how it went but for me it would be the kind of those three uh key points the the walking in the, the empty yeah. empty in the empty arenas the, the the palpable energy right before show and then kind of reflecting on the day in my in my bunk
0: but they're all therapeutic in their own way as well. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got that calm, no problems yet. All the crew, we don't know if the crew's all here yet. (laughs) Just (laughs) kind of show up. You're like, nothing's happened yet. And it's like, doors are on time. All right. And then it just slowly, and I try to tell everyone, you know, from our world, it's, it's always go, 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 go. It's go, 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 go all the time. So if you're not taking something for yourself, then you're wasting an opportunity, right? And so a baseball player, you know, play, that's their relaxed day. A hockey player, a football player, uh, uh, somebody on Wall Street, maybe they have a moment where they, you know, they, they like a good they the day and they can relax and see how their day goes. I don't know, everyone has something that they have to take for themselves. And in our business, I try to tell our team when they come and visit or uh, people that I'm like, have you taken this moment to kind of like look around? And some people will just, be like, whatever, whatever, it's just a show and it's it's whatever. But then there's some people that'll be like, I never looked at it that way. It's like, when those lights go out, every single person in that building is getting exactly what they want. Yep. Including us. I mean, as far as like everything worked that day, then tomorrow's another day. And then they worked that day. And then, and then, and then, and then, and then. You, you want them all to work every single day. I'm sure we've all had our moments where the occasional thing doesn't. But what a therapeutic, great feeling that is when the lights go out and everyone's getting everything they want right at that moment. And on this tour especially that I'm on, it's a lot of kids first concert. It's a lot of parents taking their kids to the first concert and watching their kids react to the first concert. This is the most therapeutic tour I've ever been on because I will move kids to the pit and watch them explode internally what you know and it's such a therapeutic feeling like i have to do i it's a thing now like (laughs) it has to happen and that would happen with any concert that we do i'm sure you guys you know justin you have to move people around on your tour and stuff and if you move them closer what tick what if what an amazing feeling It's, it's a lot of therapy it's very therapeutic to us and i think it's uh it's a great part of the day um no, that's the cover, but I know we're running on time here. So uh, as far as your um, the biggest surprise to doing this job sober then, um, removing sex drugs, rock and roll, the madness, and everything we read from Metal Edge magazine in the 80s uh, and 90s and Rip magazine and Rolling Stone and all this shit. Yeah. What's the biggest surprise to you about doing this sober, Jamie?
1: Well, the biggest surprise for me is just how efficient it's become, how, you know, I mean, I think the reason why it was so crazy in the past was because, you know, it it's, it was just easy, well, not easier, but with technology and whatnot, I mean, just how efficient it's become. And again, um, you know, how you've got to have the mental clarity to do this, to to run these things. I mean... You know, um, if someone's. We've all heard it. Like, if if you took all the road people that were out on tours and dispatched them to like a national emergency, it would get handled. Yeah, it would get, handled. and that's that's you know what's surprising to me. And uh, you know, a lot of people that that are sober and everything just doing that. I mean, and just, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me just overall.
0: Justin, take away from doing this sober.
2: Um, for me, I think uh, one it's that I can um, two that there are, I'm not alone. And there are many other people just like me that are um, involved in this unique lifestyle. And um you know, I think you touched upon this on your first episode, Brent, but um, we, we've talked about it a little earlier. But I, I've never experienced, um, up until this point in my life and in my work history and in my personal history, I've never experienced a job that um, or a, t- a type of work that really teaches me how to operate at a higher capacity um, than, I've, than I've ever done before. Sort of vibrate at a a higher frequency, uh, and I and I owe that all to sobriety, um, because there's no way that I could maintain this job or um, do I think the type of work that we do if I wasn't sober. For me personally, Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's I think it's great that um, other people can, but for me, I'm just speaking on my experience. um, There's no way I I could do it uh, based on how I'd like to drink and use and how I've done that in the past. So. I think that's one of the biggest surprises is that um, ultimately the sense of fulfillment and gratitude I get because uh, um, I'm, I'm able, I'm capable and able of operating at a higher capacity in this type of work environment um, than I've ever experienced before. And I think, I think that's really cool.
0: I think um, Brad, Bradley Cooper touched on it. And I touched on it a little while ago where he, he quit because he's like, I just didn't feel like, you know, I, uh, Jamie, you said you project your day, right? You go in, you load, and then you project, and this is where it's going to go, and this is how it's going to go. And Bradley was the same. He was, I just didn't project myself being very successful at it, and he wasn't tapping into his full potential. And uh, it's cliche to say because all the books say it that you're going to, you know, reach your full potential. But until you've you've been in in it, and then you remove it, and then you see what's what's there, or in your case, Jamie, where you're trying to completely avoid it yeah. and, you know, focusing your attack on on your mental wellness and, and just powering through and doing the best job. It's such a rewarding feeling, you know, knowing that you're doing it like that. So, um, all right, we've got to, I mean, we can't tease the audience about playlists and not talk about playlists. So. You lead this one, Justin, uh, uh, on the, uh, what are we talking about here? What you're, you're curating for, for us. Are you going to curate for the listener or are you going to, are we just going to share our, our daily playlist here?
2: I'm, ha- I'm happy to share anything. If any listener wants to chime in, um, uh, they, I can follow up and share some things. No, I mean, I, I, humbly, I, I just love music as well. And I, I, it sounds like, like Jamie, I create, um, different playlists for different moods, for different atmospheres, for different people. Um, I take pride in sending people playlists and I also try to tell a story and make sure that there's a beginning, an intro, a middle, and an end. And so I pay attention to, you know, um, if it's within one genre, how it builds and um, it comes to an end, or if it's in multiple genres, sort of how the flow, how it goes. But I don't know. I, I think way too much about this kind of stuff, but I love it <laughs> and I enjoy it. And it sounds like I'm, I'm, I'm amongst like people here.
0: I lost uh, the lost art of the mixtape, my friend. Yes. Yep. You know the classic, like it's got a flow when you're putting a record together. But what are you actually listening to right now? Like, what's what's a daily go-to kick your morning off? I know our moods are all different every day. But what's your what's kind of like a must has to be in there every day, and then the rest of it kind of plays out from there.
2: Oh, man, I, um, I'm, I'm a uh, music seeker, so I'm always looking for new music. So yeah. I have stuff that mm-hmm. I grew up on that my, my uh, musical taste has evolved and grown over time. But um, really, to answer your question just directly, um, my go-to is sort of my light songs automatic playlist on Spotify. Because if I hear anything new, I like it and it goes right there. And, um, you know, because clearly we've talked about this, I'm an, I'm an addict, I'm an addict in recovery and I have a very addictive personality. I will listen to songs over and over and over again. So, um, that's generally where I start. And then, um, you know, you get to know uh, a team like the production managers or the production coordinators. And if we're all sharing the same office that day, it's always a question of like, okay, guys, what's the vibe going to be like today? What do you you know? Um, and that can range from anywhere, you know? So uh, I, I just, I love music, I love working music and I love being around it. Um, and it's a it's a very important and integral part of my day-to-day living. So music is always happening.
0: Jamie, what's on your playlist every day?
1: Oh man, my, I'm all over the place. You know, like what I usually do all through my day, um, I have, I, I like videos, so I'll do music videos. But nice. for example, Big one that i the kick i've been on this last few days of this tour and I actually like put it on the phone and pl- told it on okay shut up and listen to this it's christopher cross sailing i'm like we need <laughs> to, we need to just listen to this right now and so I, I you know i get go walk through the airport and play you know sailing yacht rock and then you know it goes lana del rey it goes stone temple pilots you know uh pink pearl jam playing pink pop festival to, you know, some slipknot, to, I mean, I, I'm all over the place, you know, massive attack. And, and some actually last shows, one of the runners was like, Hey, what do you, what do you listen to? And I just ran it down there, like, My God, dude. It really going.
0: is. It but, re- puts us all over the place, man.
1: Yeah. But, you know, again, I, I was just like, I need to hear, what's that song? I, this is like, yeah, sailing. That's what I need to hear right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> And so it's like at the top of my, my iPhone right now. So yeah, I get a
0: question a lot about, uh, well, who, who are you going out with? And like we don't, you know, people think we get to pick per se. Yeah. You know, there's like, oh, there's just a list you can just pick from. I'm like, it doesn't necessarily work like that. So you don't always go out with an artist that you, I don't want to say necessarily want to be with, but you, you go out with something that might be not in your normal genre that where you are, or whatever. So I have to, to your point, Justin, like, I love music as well. I have less patience for certain kinds, but I try to pull something out of every tour that I'm on like a moment. So I go, all right, I don't, I'm not, I don't dig the band, but that moment in that show was, was magical to watch. It was amazing to watch. So I'm going to pull that tune into my, into my, my playlists. And it's sort of like, It's like an instant, like, memory bank. It's not just like, you know, hey, I'll have a Slipknot song or I'll have a Deftone song or I'll have this and that. It's great. But I also got a Rihanna song. I've got a Shakira song. What? What are you talking about? It's like, yeah, but there was a moment in her show that was, like, magical. And when you see it happen, you're like, I don't want to forget that. And the only way I can remember that is either I write a journal like you guys or it goes into the playlist. So that's kind of an interesting one or you'll pull, you know, uh, you know, I had the, uh, pleasure of, um, being out with Lamb of God last summer and, and Megadeth. And, um, there's a song called Resurrection by Lamb of God. That is the heaviest thing I've ever seen. And I'm a Pantera fan and I'm a Slipknot fan and it's the heaviest live song I've ever witnessed in my life. Slayer. And it's just, there's various versions of it, but if you guys get a chance to, uh, see that do it that's all i'm gonna say so uh all right one last question and then i'll let you go favorite show you've ever worked what's the your best show memory like this was this was what a moment this was what's your Mm -hmm. favorite show memory jamie jamie's gonna freeze out on us on the last question what no Mm -hmm. way is he there
1: wow there he is jamie's back Um, he's back Am I freezing? Am well, you were frozen,
0: but but we got you. We got you back.
1: Uh, You're good. Okay, am I back? Yeah. Okay. That's a tough one. Probably uh, Rage Against the Machine 1998 with Gangstar um, as a support. That, man, that was powerful. Just him just coming out. We are Rage Against the Machine from Los Angeles, California. Two sticks of tr- – two trusses of lights, a backdrop, boom, and just – power man that that's got to be one that's got to be it
0: did you work that show or is that something that you went to see
1: ah uh, well i worked that show i went to see one prior to that in spanish fork utah where they shut the town down because religious reasons and they thought like the the devil was coming and the riots were (laughs) starting to city. i actually did an interview with tom morello about it and uh, my buddy broke his leg at that show but went to that show and then later in 98 was was getting into the biz and was working that show and i mean that was that's got to be one of my top shows i mean there's others too like a chris cornell show that i did in a theater when he was doing euphoria uh euphoria morning uh, mm-hmm. his solo album man that one sticks out uh as really powerful a lot of Tori Amos shows but um that rage show man in at, at, at the maverick Center. i still
0: never seen him live that's that's on the list uh, uh-huh. justin what do you got bud uh
2: that's a fantastic answer you guys have been doing this a little bit longer than i have but uh for me what what popped into mind was um working a uh bush tour and uh third last song of the set every night it was an amphitheater run a shed run and gavin rosdale would always run out and perform in the in the audience and um, i volunteered to be his personal security on that tour so (laughs) i was running with him and um you know a lot lot of different fun memories from that experience He he guy's still in pretty good shape and he would try to lose me all the time And uh, but one of my favorite memories was at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles, which is uh, where I've I've called home for the last 20 years. So one to finally be able to to work a show there. And um, as related to that show, he he got up uh, up on the on the second deck on the railing and was standing up over the railing and I had to do a not cool rock and roll moment and just make sure I was holding him by the belt buckle as he was leaning off because I didn't want, I didn't want our principal to fall uh, or get hurt Mm -hmm. during the event, but somebody took a pretty cool photo of it. And uh, so I I have that memory as a still, but that was a good one.
0: Awesome stuff, man. Gentlemen, appreciate your time. And uh, the purpose of this series is to talk, about what's going on in our business a little bit shed some light on it um and echo to everyone out there that that um it's okay man it's it's okay to to uh, to ask for some help or it's it's okay to to talk to some people about it um our business uh is coming off of a very it was a very stressful time before covid and then now covid shut the business down and made it very stressful for our colleagues uh, some, as we mentioned, didn't make it through. And some uh, have come out the other side uh, sober or have come out the other side in uh, with reflection. And uh, I'm here for all of it. I want to make sure that uh, anyone watching this is, um, understands it can be done. And it can be done uh, with help and with friends and with colleagues like yourselves. So I appreciate you guys being here. That is Justin Fry. That is Jamie Horton. Fellow reps, uh, good buddies. And uh, we're out here doing it and trying to uh, maintain it and uh, have a great uh, support group and all the rest of it. I want to send a shout out quickly here to my friends at Fit On Tour that started this amazing app. and uh, amazing thing on, on Instagram. So for people like us that are there running and doing things and trying to document our, our journey out here, uh, fit on tour is great for that. They love the support and uh, that's awesome. And then also my friends at partake, look at this, these guys partake, look at that crowd in the background. Uh, you've heard me talk about them. It is an non-alcoholic beer. That is fantastic. Uh, you know, 10 calories, vegan, uh, gluten-free and uh, Ted and all the gang there have created this product for people. Um, he had Crohn's disease, so he had to just stop drinking, but didn't want to. So he created one that allowed him to do it. And then uh, it helps for people like me on tour that uh, like the occasional taste of a, uh, of a beer, but there's nothing in it. So partake my friends over there. That is the Brenton on tour podcast for another week. I appreciate uh, you guys tuning in uh, weekly for the sober on tour series. It's going to continue more guests on the way. Uh, and, uh, thanks for your support, everybody. We'll see you next week. All right. You looking to make the most out of this life and optimize your personal wellness, then check out the natural man podcast. Join me host Mike C as we explore all areas of human wellness